0: Newsletter, May 2019, Spiritual But Not Religious. There is a growing group of humans on the earth who have turned their backs on religion while maintaining a personal connection with the divine. Sociologists label them spiritual but not religious, which seems like a fair enough and objective term. The category is an emerging one since there has not been much precedent for it in history. As with so many truly new things, you first have to believe it before you can even see it. For a long while, in other words, there was no spiritual but not religious box to check on anyone's survey. It was strictly, are you a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, or a none of the above? Behind this cultural development, there is a lot of astrology, and it is the kind that suggests a lasting sea change rather than a passing fashion. We will get to the astrology in a moment, but first let's put a few facts on the table. I apologize for the United States uh, bias here, but that is my only source of concrete evidence. We will just use that as a launching pad. I suspect the results are fairly generalizable, at least throughout the industrialized world. A 2017 survey by the Public Religion Research Institute, P-R-R-I, found that 18% of Americans put themselves in this spiritual but not religious category. In 2012, the Pew Research Center announced that the number of Americans who do not identify with any religion— had grown from 15% in 2007 to 20% in 2012, with that number continuing to grow today. Significantly, while that was true of 21% of the Generation X folks, those born between 1965 and 1980, it increased to 34% among a younger group of millennials between 1990-94. So whatever is happening here, the tide is definitely rising. Behind these numbers, I believe that what we are seeing astrologically is the interaction of two factors, one of them huge, and the other one even bigger than that. Factor number one is the long transit of Neptune through its own sign, Pisces. Factor number two is our collective entry into the Aquarian Age. History demonstrates that the first, Neptune and Pisces, can always be relied upon to trigger a spiritual awakening of a global nature, while the second, the Age of Aquarius, promises a strong flow in the direction of individuality, independence, plus a suspicious attitude towards any kind of group think. These are both truly vast topics, and I can only breeze through them in this present context. For a fuller exploration of Neptune's passage through Pisces, there's a link to a two-hour talk I gave about it in the text version of of this presentation. You may check that out. You might also try chapter 34 of my The Book of Neptune, which deals in much more depth with the same subject. Now, the transition into the age of Aquarius is a complex and controversial topic, and one of my favorites, Here's a a link, or there is a link, to a 90-minute talk I gave about it back in the text version of this newsletter. I should also add that uh, Tony Howard is currently editing the video of a longer, deeper presentation I did about this uh, transition of ages topic last year in North Carolina. It's called Generations, and I'm really excited about it becoming uh, available, hopefully pretty soon. In any case, let's take these two factors one at a time, starting with Neptune's passage through Pisces. Neptune crisscrossed the Pisces boundary 2011-2012, finally settling solidly on the Pisces side on February 3rd of 2012. Right now, we're about midway through the transit. In 2025, Neptune moves in and out of Aries, but not putting Pisces fully behind it until January 26th of 2026. We've got a long way to go with this thing. With all the noise and horror in the world today, it is easy to miss the history-shaping impact of this epical transit. It happens every 165 years, and it always changes everything. I'll prove that to you in just a moment. In a nutshell, when Neptune is in its own sign, its influence simply becomes stronger. A way of saying it is that everyone on the Earth is currently going through a major Neptune transit, even if that is not obvious through any aspects in your personal chart. As with everything astrological, Neptune being in the spotlight means good news, bad news, and all the possible news in between. On the dark side, escapism and addiction abound, and there's the astrology behind the opioid crisis for one example. Delusion and madness are Neptunian territory, and delusion and madness are having a heyday. Conspiracy theories are everywhere. Uh, world leaders seem to have lost their marbles, and we are worried about Kim Kardashian while the Earth's climate reaches the boiling point. Talk about crazy. But behind all of those dark Neptunian effects... A spiritual renaissance is quietly changing the way we look at the world. It is not about an explosion of peace, love, and understanding sweeping across the earth. Clearly, that's not happening. Rather, it is a renewal and a reconfiguring of the human relationship with the mysteries. Spiritual leaders are being empowered— and they are finding receptive, ready students and disciples. Healers and diviners are rising up. Yoga teachers are emerging as lamas. We have shamans in the suburbs and visionaries on the street corners. Everywhere, people are hungry, ready for something real, ready for a visitation of raw spiritual energy. Now, as ever— Neptune must interact with specific cultural realities. Each of these historic passages through Pisces has been a distinct event, but the effects are always palpable and very often quite dramatic. Let me prove this to you by quickly hitting just a few historical high points. Neptune entered Pisces, 47 AD, as St. Paul was bringing Christianity to the Roman Empire. Really, the roots of Christianity as a religion, as a, as a cultural phenomenon, are the story of St. Paul bringing the, the Gospels to the seven churches of Asia, as it's described in the Bible, basically means Turkey. In either 538 A.D. or 552, depending on who you're reading, we saw the official introduction of Buddhism to Japan. Now, a couple of cycles before that, back when St. Paul was in in Turkey, we saw the bringing of Buddhism to China. Here's a big one. Maybe the most impressive event of all, Neptune was in Pisces from May of 701 A.D. until February 716. Now, the year 711 brought the Islamic invasion of Spain and the establishment of the Moorish culture there. Now, a year later, 712 A.D., a Muslim state was established in what we now call Pakistan. The truly amazing thing is that by 715 A.D., a Muslim empire or culture, stretched all the way from the Pyrenees in northern Spain to China, with Damascus as its capital, an explosion of spiritual awakening and interest. Neptune was back in Pisces between March of 1520 and, and the end of 1534. Now, Martin Luther had posted his famous 95 Theses in 1517. That's with Neptune still in Aquarius. But in 1521, he was condemned as a heretic and excommunicated and that set into motion the Protestant Reformation, Protestant Reformation, Neptune and Pisces again, that awakening with all of these things it doesn't matter what we think of 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 these events, uh, what position, thumbs up, or thumbs down we have about them, but only the observation that people are hungry, they're ready for a change, Give me something fresh, give me something new, don't give me the tired old stuff, okay, one more. The last historical time Neptune entered Pisces, April of 1847, only crossing finally into Aries in October 1861. The correlations here are dramatic. Spiritualism, which involved communion with the dead and with beings in other dimensions, swept through the English-speaking world, Arthur Conan Doyle of Sherlock Holmes fame became a major figure, figure in the spiritualist movement, a movement that attracted Abraham Lincoln, as well as Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Now, the numbers vary, but one report I read informed me that in 1850— Out of an American population of about 23 million people, 11 million of them claimed a membership in a spiritual church, communing with deceased Uncle Harry, getting messages from the other side. Again, regardless of what we think of it, there's that Neptune in Pisces signature. That's the last time this was happening. And now we are in the Neptunian soup once again. As ever, it is difficult for a fish to describe the sea. But I think that the spiritual but not religious movement is a big part of how it is playing out this time. And here's another idea, one that is closely related to the first one. There is an emerging recognition that beyond all theological or religious differences, lies a universal truth, one that beggars human intelligence and escapes all definitions. Another way to say it is that words such as God, Allah, the Force, as in Star Wars, the Dharmakaya, as in Buddhist theology, and so on, they all mean the same thing. As the Zen Buddhists say, they are all just fingers pointing at the moon. A Muslim at prayer, a Christian at prayer, a Hindu at prayer, all are experiencing a similar presence. Statements such as these still infuriate some people. But try this. They are more likely to infuriate old people than young people. Rings true, doesn't it? The times there are changing. Now let's add the age of Aquarius to the mix. The position of the vernal equinox slowly retrogrades against the starry background, taking 25,772 years to make a complete circuit of the zodiac. This, by the way, is the source of the frequent headlines about how your sun sign is wrong. Not to get too windy about it, but there is Western astrology, which is generally based on the seasons, not the stars. Aries being defined as where the sun is on the northern hemisphere, vernal equinox. And then, on the other hand, there is Vedic astrology, which is based on the actual constellations. The former is called tropical astrology, and the latter sidereal astrology. Now, one serious complication in thinking about astrological ages is that it is a classic apples and oranges situation. We are mixing these two kinds of astrology, and they do not mix easily we are relating the position of the tropical vernal equinox to the sidereal starry constellations. Now, the vernal equinox will not actually enter the constellation Aquarius for another four centuries or so. Who says? The answer is the International Astronomical Union, which arbitrarily defined those star boundaries about 90 years ago. I am not sure they were speaking for God. A further complication is that these official IAU constellations vary enormously in size, while astrology operates as a system with 12 equal signs. When I think of the astrological ages, I take that complete cycle of 25,772 years and I divide it up into 12 equal segments, each one being 2147 years and 6 months long, a couple of thousand years. So when did the age of Aquarius begin, or does it begin? Trying to solve the problem astronomically leads directly to confusion unless we accept the divine authority of the International Astronomical Union, something I see no reason to do. Normally, in astrology, we look to the heavens in order to clarify what is happening here on Earth. In this case, I recommend solving our problem by doing it the other way around. In order to try to figure out what is going on in the sky, let's look to events here on the Earth. Now, in some of the other Age of Aquarius programs I mentioned earlier, I go into all of this uh, a lot more deeply and seriously. But here is my favorite line from those programs. We went from Kitty Hawk to the moon in 66 years. I mean, that still gives me goosebumps every time I say it. From the Wright brothers there on the coast of North Carolina, our first powered flight lifting off a couple of feet from the ground to the surface of the moon in 66 years. That sure sounds like the Aquarian cusp to me. Without being rigid about it, I like to set the Aquarian boundary around 1903-1905 to coincide with the Wright Brothers' first flight and Einstein's publication of the special theory of relativity, two events which to me epitomize the brilliance, rebellion against norms, technology, and impatience with boundaries, which so beautifully characterize the spirit of the sign Aquarius. This is really a labyrinthine subject, but for our purposes here, let me make one simple point. While under the sway of the sign Pisces, there is a powerful urge to dissolve into something greater than ourselves—that's pure Pisces— As we retrograde into Aquarius, the orientation and underlying agenda shifts dramatically. No one wants to dissolve into anything anymore. No one wants to disappear into a nation, or a marriage, or a religion. It is an age of individuality. We are a salad, not a melting pot. And what do we see in the mirror of reality? Marriage has become unstable. Families are breaking up or scattering across the landscape. There are far more nations on the earth now than there were a century ago. Societies feel increasingly fragmented. Everyone seems to be part of some minority group. And religion is increasingly losing its hold upon individual conscience. It would be naive simply to celebrate all this. It is far more complicated than that. As with everything in astrology, there is a dark side to the age of Aquarius. There are shadows and there is light. As ever, humanity and each one of us as individuals will have to find our way through this tricky, new, energetic landscape. Never before in recorded history has Neptune's passage through Pisces coincided with an Aquarian age? Remember, the last one started 26,000 years ago. Spirituality will not die, but it will change, adapting to a new and far more questioning, doubting, and individuated way of being human. Spiritual but not religious is one expression of this emerging change. Undoubtedly, there will be others. How exciting! We are all surfing this breaking wave, creating the roots of a planetary spiritual culture that will last for 2,000 more years. Thank you.